Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. I want to play four different really legendary Eagles here. LaShawn McCoy, Ron Jaworski, Donovan McNabb, and Seth Joyner, all of whom went on the record yesterday, two of which were on our show. Donovan, of course, with, with John and Jack in the afternoon, and LaShawn McCoy on television. Ike and Jack. Ike and Jack. What you said I John and Jack. <laughs> oh, John and Jack. Sorry, Ike. The John uh, is tough to get out of your vernacular. Well, I know. I mean, we've been saying John and Ike for, for, for six years or something. All right. Seltzer, you tell me, on the table with who these guys criticize as the primary culprit um, are the quarterback, the coach, and the general manager. You tell me who we should play first. Which of those to rip first? Yeah. Let's, let's stick with Howie. We were just on Howie. All right. So – Let's start with Donovan McNabb. He was on yesterday with uh, Ike and Jack, and he said this related to Don- related to Howie Roseman. Do you think that the Eagles should move on from from Nick Sirianni, or do you think that new coordinators would come in here and 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 be more the fix? Well, I don't think that they should move on from from Nick Sirianni. I'm gonna tell you who should be on the hot seat, and that should be for your GM, Howie Roseman, because this is this is his his grocery. These are his groceries. These are the, 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 the produce that he went on and, and got shopping, and this is what we're seeing. Because to be honest with you, we may have held on to some people too long, mm-hmm. and then we paid some people that we shouldn't have paid. And so when it comes down to it, like the product that you put out on the field, it's not so much of the coaches, it's the players. Because when you, when you put the team in a position, they got to make plays. And if they're not making plays, then we can't just all of a sudden go to uh, the, the, the coaches or you can't go to people making the decisions if the players aren't capable of making plays. I will say that is especially as appropriate on the defensive side. I mean, whether it's Desai or whether it's uh, Patricia. I mean, you had, you had no linebackers. You had essentially no safeties. You had aging cornerbacks, and you had a defensive line that completely let everybody down. I mean, that's a, it's a recipe for disaster. All right. So now let's, because we got, we got three more Eagles players to get to, two of whom rip Hurts, one uh, takes, a, takes a shot at Sirianni. Let's start with one of the Hurts. We'll go, we'll go an anti-Hurts, then an anti-Sirianni, then an anti-Hurts. Let's get to LaShawn McCoy. He's the only of these four Eagles players who are playing audio of that's not yet in the Eagles Hall of Fame. He probably will be someday. He was on, uh, I believe it was television yesterday, FS1? Yeah, FS1. Yeah. All right, LaShawn McCoy pins this on Jalen Hurts. Do you blame Nick Sirianni? Do you blame Jalen Hurts, man? Get it out your heart. Mm. I don't blame Nick Sirianni. Mm. Jalen Hurts, right? Because Nick Sirianni, he don't play, he don't play football. Mm-hmm. He may coach. He may um, lead his team, right? He gets his guys ready to play, puts them in a position to win. But he don't, he don't go out there and catch balls. He don't go out there and throw passes. He don't block. He don't make guys miss. Mm. I, this goes to the players. I, I look at Jalen Hurts, who I think is a phenomenal player, an excellent leader. And when you get paid two hundred plus million dollars, we need results. When it looks ugly, when it looks bad, we need you to, to, to take care of that. When the defense is, is from the Bucks is doing zero pressures, I need you, the two hundred million dollar quarterback. Yo, ho, 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 let's check. Let's bring the tight end in. Yeah. Let's bring back in. Let's max protect this. Talk yep. about and let's, let's give single routes one on ones. I need to see that. Talk about and, and, and it's like, as much as I am a Jalen Hurts fan, I gotta be honest and. and Speak what I see. And, and, John, you know I was very clear on that for a bunch of weeks. That I he just... needs to have the framework to be capable of doing that. He needs the coaches to give him the green light to know how to do that. Well, what, if he, has, what if he has the green light? Don't ability. do it. Well, we, we don't, don't know. know. We, we don't, don't know. know. We don't know. That's right. You would think at a it certain point. It is so unlikely that he would not do it if he had that green Unless light. he stinks at it. And b- meanwhile, we were told that he went and did it. He was green lighted. He did it. Quietly with a hand signal with AJ at the right. end of the Seattle game, 
happens a lot well, more and, than you realize. But it was a disaster what they went think. to. It was it cost them a game. It but what about Kelsey's there. role in this with the diagnosing? Like, you, you think that Kelsey's not seeing this stuff and not saying anything? And Jalen's just like, no, like no I don't. Way you know what I mean? Like, not isn't Kelsey it. part of this too? Like diagnosing yes, the bliss and seeing absolutely. all that, and he's apparently like the best at but, it. But yes. I, I, James, I agree. But now I'll bring it back to coaching another way. He's I making also, those calls. I, I, like, I bet ninety-five percent of the time it's Jason Kelsey who's declaring the mic. First and foremost, yeah, yeah. he's the one who's making that call. Well, I I agree with you, but I also will tell you this, and this goes back to an Andy Donovan thing. I don't like how it would take the Eagles some time to break the huddle. Sometimes, like they weren't blowing a ton of timeouts because the clock was going down. But I never felt like like a Peyton Manning offense that Hurts was standing over the line of scrimmage with tons and tons of time to no. dissect. I agree with you on that. No. And I mean that, that is, wasn't yeah. a priority. And in they general, but, Jaylen, make, but even, make it a priority. Even when it's a two they minute never, drill. Ever he's made like it a priority? Lackadaisical. Come on, it always yes. seems like he's never hustling. It's never like go, that go, go, was go, my go. biggest issue. That was my well, okay, but had a lot of issues. That was one of my biggest <laughs> issues: the lack of sense of urgency at the end of halves yeah. with this passing offense. Every every offense I was ever in, they made it such a point of pride that the two minute offense. Hey, we can go score whenever we want. Right. It was the two minute and the four minute offense. But you know my theory, John. I don't think Sirianni trusted Hurts. I could be wrong. I'm just telling you what I thought. Their two right. minute offense was dreadful. Oh, horrendous! It was so bad. By the way, it's 94 WIP HD one Philadelphia as we broadcast today from the Tasty Cake Studio. Let's remind you of our Twitter poll question of the day because it really goes to what we're discussing here this segment. Twitter poll brought to us by Armin Chevrolet, the all-new 2024 Chevy Trax. It's arriving daily. Uh, it starts at 21495 Together, let's drive. Visit ArminChevy.com. Today's question, who is the most to blame for the demise of the Eagles season? We put them in alphabetical order. Is it Hertz, Roseman, or Sirianni? You can vote at Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. All right, let's get to what Seth Joyner said. He clearly pins it primarily on Nick Sirianni, Seth was strong yesterday with us in the 9 o'clock hour. Um, listen to what Seth said yesterday about Nick Sirianni. There was one blitz where they lined up three down offensive, three down defensive linemen on one side, three down defensive linemen on the other side. And we were empty backfield. And I'm thinking to myself, you cannot tell me. And, I, and, and I'm talking when I say down, all six of them, John, had their hands on the ground. Yeah, all, so, all, all six of them, and I'm and I'm thinking. So we got a problem because we're empty. You got five offensive linemen. Thank you. You can do the math. Yeah. There's there's no way <laughs> in hell you. There's no backs. So you can't tell me, Joe, that Jalen Hurts can't look at the front and realize he's a guy short, and to say, "Hey, Dallas, you want to come in here and attach." So you can block one of these guys so we can go man across the board blocking. Even if they send your guy, that's okay. But at least, you know, he's coming from a little wider. But if he doesn't, does he know to throw if that ball to Dallas Goddard in the first second? In, in the first second, does he know to throw that ball to him? It's week I think 19, he knew it in John. Grade. I, I think, think he Joe, knew it when he was six. Joe, I don't know, man. Joe, it is week 19. Well, and it's year four for Hertz. It's like, you I, I know. Don't, I don't care. What? I, I, I don't care because what you're what you're seeing on the field is either coached or tolerated. And you can't tell me that Jalen, with his finger already taped up, because he almost got it broke last week with the free rusher running at him and he hit the guy in the head. He is wanting to stand there and have to throw bailing off his back foot. That's not what he wants to do. Well, I agree with you on that. That is what he's being coached to do, Joe. Well, I agree with you on that. Every single time that they see a blitz, they think that they can take a shot down the field. It's third and two, third and three. They're throwing the ball 40 freaking yards down the field. Why? Because that's what he's being coached to do. I heard Brian Johnson, all explosive plays we got to figure out. To hell with explosive plays already. To hell with him. Seth was on fire. By the way, he continued. Let's listen to more Seth as he continued on. I just got to add something. Explosive play you're going to get. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. I I, got to add. Like what he's talking about here, we don't have guys looking for the ball in these areas of the field that we're talking about. In the middle of the field, go back and look at the tape. That's right. No one is looking to Jalen for the ball in these critical areas of the field. And I think that's, again, a coaching disaster. I agree. But you know my theory, and it's why I interjected to Seth. Does Wood Hurts – would Hertz throw the ball in the first second after the snap to the right guy if he was told that's what to do? I don't know. 
I wonder if he processes that fast to get it out that quick. I'm telling you. And, and that it's Sirianni. That, he was told that was what was the right thing to do when he but was you in get elementary my, but school. But you get my point, right? And he understands, yes, okay. I understand your point that right. he might be worse at this yes. than what we give him credit. And Sirianni's coaching around that. He's not as bad as what you are suggesting. All right, let's listen to Seth as he continued on. The explosive play you're going to get is Devontae Smith on a slant and him outrunning some people. That's the most explosive play. Or him splitting the coverage when they're trying to double him and they throw a bomb. But you trying to force a round, a round peg into a square hole doesn't always equate to explosive plays. You put your quarterback in a position to fail for the majority of the season this year. And they're also putting a toll on his body. And that's on Nick Sirianni. I agree with you. Okay? And I don't like to call for people's jobs, but if you couldn't fix that one little thing, even I know, even high school teams understand sight adjustments and breaking routes off, Joe. This coaching staff, that's coaching malfeasance. That is coaching negligence. To ask your quarterback to make the free runner miss and to make a play 50 yards downfield while you're backing up. That's why he deserves to go. All right, Seth has a this ton is, of good points in there, obviously. so critical, Joe. Like, what we're talking about here, these coaches, it means so much to every one of these players and the coaches that, that this be so crisp and perfect. The pass protection, yep. the blitz pickup, every single snap that, that Juan Castillo and, and, and our coaches back in the Andy Reid era, yep. it was a constant discussion every single day at lunch or sure. after practice. Also part of keeping was, the quarterback healthy, by the way, which is like not yes, a small part of absolutely. this. Absolutely. But, right? but I mean, Seth brought this up too. Even when even when he gets a throw off clean, he can hit his hand on a guy's 100%. helmet and dislocate his finger. No question. This is not something you mess around with. Like blitz pickup is the most important concept you've got. The most important player on your team, they're trying to kill him. Every single snap. Yeah, I get it, This Jeff. is how you win in the NFL. You have a blitz protection plan. Yet somehow we entered that game without one when we knew exactly no what they were going to do. All right. That is crazy, and that is exactly why this coach and his staff need to be jettisoned as soon as possible. Well, I think the coach has to go as well, and I've been very clear about that. But it is also notable, Jaws, the one guy, well, Donovan played QB, but the one guy other than Donovan that spoke that, that played QB and played for the Eagles, he puts it more primarily on the quarterback. Let's listen to what Jaws said to us when he joined us yesterday. Assignment of blame. Sirianni obviously takes a huge chunk. How much does Hurts take, in your opinion? How much do you think Sirianni is playing peekaboo on offense because he doesn't trust Hurts and doesn't want to put more on his plate? Where do you assign blame on Hurts? Well, you know, ultimately, I think it goes to Jalen. You know, he, he, he's got tremendous talent. And when, when you, you get a, a contract like he got, right, wrong, or indifferent, the expectations soar. And the quarterback has to play to that contract. It's, a, it's, it's that simple. It's business. And when you invest as, as much money and, and capital in your quarterback, it's going to hurt you down the road because you can't pay everybody. And, and, and so when the expectations are that high, it's hard to – realize those goals and realize those expectations. But there is no doubt Jalen regressed this year. You know, obviously, you know, we're going to find out a lot more of what happened down this stretch of one and six with this football team because the same team that went ten and one should not go one and six down the stretch. But the quarterback has to assume the major responsibility for this. All right, needless to say, your opportunity to react here. 215-592-9494. I mean, you just heard from Donovan McNabb, LaShawn McCoy, Seth Joyner, and Ron Jaworski, and they're splintered in their opinions of who's primarily to blame. Where do you come in on this conversation? We'll get to that next. Jetta Cameron, John Ritchie, plus Ross Tucker later in the hour as well. And something that Lane Johnson said after the game Monday. We got to bring that back into focus as well. We'll do that next on 94 WIP. Hey, let me tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook and how with the, and I hate to say it, remainder of the playoffs without our local squad, how you can, I don't hate to say how you can win and you can win big with FanDuel Sportsbook because on to the divisional round it is for the pro football playoffs. Eight teams remain, and you can win and win big with FanDuel Sportsbook at FanDuel.com slash hammer. That's FanDuel.com slash hammer. Reminders, I tell you all the time, new customers, if it's your first bet, new customers can get started with $150 in bonus bets. 
guaranteed. That means for sure, $150 in bonus bets for sure when you place your first $5 bet. That's an amazing deal. Apply it to any of the four games this weekend, whether it's the point spread, player props, overrunners, or more. Make a bet or bets and lock it in where you can make every moment more with FanDuel Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL at Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Right on a Wednesday morning, which doesn't totally feel like a Wednesday morning because the Eagles played on Monday night. But here we are. Good luck. We're all pretty emotionally low. Now, on one hand, Joel helps, you know, a little bit. Massive game last night. Congrats to him, by the way, on his stretch. I mean, last night, 41 points, 7 rebounds, 10 assists. Going toe-to-toe and out-dueling Jokic, who also had a big-time game with 25 points and 19 rebounds. Those two guys, man, are amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing basketball players. So hopefully Joel can do it when it matters most. April, May, and the month of the 76ers have reached but one time now in the last 40 years, and that is the month of June. But forget June. First, you just got to get to the third round, and that's called getting past the second round. We'll see where they go there. You know, John, yesterday, in light of everything going on with the Eagles, I needed a, I needed a reprieve. And I need, you know how people eat sometimes to have a pick-me-up? Comfort food, I believe they mm. sometimes call yeah. it. Yeah. I sure. went with comfort movies yesterday in a way I never have. I did something yesterday I don't believe I've done before in my whole life. And, and <laughs> what? remember, Ever. Joe Ever. is all about finding comfort. Yeah, I am. Joe is king it comfort. Really is I am. Yes. So yesterday, check out this triple header mm. and a half. Triple header and a half. <laughs> you ready? I went The Natural, Rocky 1, Rocky 2, <laughs> And then, lo and behold, when that's done on TV, is Top Gun. I mean, it was it was beautiful. It's so, like, like jell a list of yeah. movies as you could possibly. I feel a little together. better. Like, you know, a little better. I mean, I'm still in a freaking bad but mood. But when Eagles. you got done watching all yeah. those, did you go? The Eagles had the heart of none of those. That's movies. true. That's true. It really is. N- Listen, I read a book. I sat and read a book and yeah. put no TV on. I just I need. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I mean, sometimes you need that. You need that emotional break from the teams you love. Uh, so why not watch movies that you haven't seen before? Because mm. that wouldn't be comfort movies. <laughs> That's true. That's comfort not comfort movies. How do you know? They could be your no. new favorite movies. It, it they could, could be the, the all-time movie you've ever watch a hundred times. It could, like, but it, but it wouldn't have been yesterday. That's on the table. Well, See, yeah. Joe, I'm with you because you know what it is. Yeah. You were stunned by the way the Eagles uh, collapsed. You didn't want to be stunned by the ending of a movie. Well, no, I, I just wanted to sit there and enjoy. Now, I will <laughs> yes. tell you this: I don't enjoy as we sit here at eight twenty-one a.m. on the Wednesday morning that Lori hasn't made a move yet. I don't enjoy that. I hate it. Yeah, I hate that we're still waiting. Time is a wasting. Yeah. So let me let me read the tweet from Jeff McLean last night, nine thirty last night. Jeff McLean put out a pretty extensive tweet, covers some of the information we're, we're talking about here. And here is what McLean tweeted last night. He said, uh, Eagles start their exit interviews tomorrow, meaning today. Uh, Head coach Nick Sirianni will meet with his players, and then there will be coaching meetings. He will eventually meet with owner Jeffrey Lurie and general manager Howie Roseman. No secret that if he stays, there will have to be significant changes made to his coaching staff, and there will need to be some bridging between Sirianni and quarterback Jalen Hurts, who didn't, didn't deny an ESPN report that he wasn't happy with the direction of the offense. A qualifier. Lurie went into his exit interviews with former head coach, excuse me, former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson after the 2020 season, expecting to keep him. But he wasn't satisfied with Peterson's coordinator candidates. There was an impasse, and Lurie fired him. But early indications are 
that Lurie hasn't yet made a decision on Sirianni's future with the Eagles. That was Jeff McClain last night. Here's one thing we know that is a fact. The Atlanta Falcons have already interviewed both Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh. And, John, what you and I don't want are the Eagles to be left at the altar, whether it's Belichick, Vrabel. Correct. Carol, but remember, it's it's the assistants guy. also the assistants that come yeah. along with the head coach. That well, matters too. The guys who are calling the plays. You're right, and I'll say this, especially in light of last year, when there's nothing you could do when you play in the Super Bowl, and you're going to change coordinators when they get poached after the Super Bowl, but get the the back end of the game of musical chairs. You, you don't want that again. Like right. part of the reason was Brian Johnson and Sean Desai was all the main dudes mm-hmm. got scooped up in January. So don't don't put yourself there. Don't look, guys. I'm not freaking out. I'm not freaking out. It's been about 36 hours since the Eagles lost, okay? It hasn't been 136 hours. It hasn't been three weeks. But I will say this. While there's merit for Sirianni to meet with players, I don't think there's a ton. I understand not Because I want rash. Howie and Lurie to meet with players. I want Howie and Lurie to already have met with Sirianni. I mean, come on. I mean, Sirianni just had six months to meet with Hassan Reddick. You need six months in a day? I mean, what 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 is the what in the world? I want Howie Roseman and Lurie to meet with Reddick and say, yo, Hassan, look like you're pretty unhappy. Tell me how you felt. Yo, AJ Brown, look like you're pretty unhappy. Tell me who you think was more culpable be, be, between Sirianni and Hertz. Gotta know, gotta make answers. I mean, gotta gotta make decisions quick. Need answers now. That's the way I would do it. Let's go to the phones. Ross Tucker in about 10 minutes. A lot going on here. Neil in North Jersey. Plus, we're going to get to something Lane Johnson said after the game Monday night. We'll get to that shortly. Good morning, Neil. Gentlemen, Neil, long time no speak. Devin That's just, yeah, Devin just had a look on her face. You thought Neil. There was just an interesting noise uh, ahead of Neil's call. And you didn't think it came out of his mouth. Well, I didn't know what it came from. But, but I saw it. Well, it sounded face. like he was oh, clearing was his throat. throat. Yeah. Yeah. Let yeah. me clear my yeah. throat. Okay. All right. Hello, Neil. <laughs> You're welcome, Bill. <laughs> Couple things. Uh, I think I think it's pretty simple. I, the Eagles at ten and one thought that the season was season was going to be a coronation instead of a competition. The complacency that this team had shown uh, from the beginning of the year, and then when you had good teams like the Niners and the Cowboys and the and the, even the Seahawks beating them, you know that that complacency and that coronation was shattered immediately, and they realized that this wasn't going to be handed to them on a silver platter. And I think that complacency uh, was, was a major factor in why there was a letdown. Second, uh, we lost Shane Steichen, and we, lo- <clears throat> excuse me, we lost Shane Steichen as a coordinator. Uh, we lost Gadden as a coordinator. And the two guys that replaced them were clearly inferior. We went from having one of the best offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, to one of the worst. I think it clearly reflected in the performance, especially of the quarterback. Number three, I think this head coach, Nick Sirianni, is dead man walking. My father had an old saying, the eyes never lie. Every single one of those press conferences where he would keep saying the same things about, we need to coach better and the players need to play better. His eyes looked like he was dead inside, like he was the victim of a zombie apocalypse. And you don't want a coach who looks beaten down, broken down, and has quit not only on himself, but quit on the team. Well, I don't think he quit. Four. I'm with you on everything you said until quit. Give me point four. Point four. Jalen Hurts has regressed into a mediocre quarterback. I think part of that has to do with the offensive coordinator. Through too many deep balls this year that were picked off, he didn't really utilize the running. Are you counting Nick the as the offensive coordinator, Neil? Say that again? Are you counting Nick as the offensive coordinator when you say that you blame that on the offensive coordinator? Well, I blame it clearly on the play calling, but I think the I think hiring his you know buddy buddy uh, as his offensive coordinator didn't really help his development. Mm-hmm. And I think if you combine all those things together, and I think Howie Roseman also get get the big I'm sorry, uh, excuse me, Nick Sirianni get the huge share of the blame here because he did not adapt from ten and one to getting bounced by the Buccaneers in any of his game plans. There seemed to be no adjustments. No sense of urgency. Yeah. No oh. sense of what we're doing. No Neil, Neil, when we saw when we Good saw call, new looks, the very first game of the year against the New England Patriots that we didn't have answers for, that put our quarterback in peril. Yeah. 
We should have been back to the drawing board. We need answers immediately. We cannot go out there for another snap putting this quarterback in peril. Well, I, I listen, I agree with you on that, John. I'll also say this about the word adapt. We never, we, but we still haven't even gotten those answers I, yet. John, I, they haven't gone to the drawing board and figured out a way to I know. properly pick up these blitzes. They didn't. And still. They cost them a playoff game. Holy cow. I, I'm well aware. So let me tell you something about adapt. It was perhaps for you and me, John, our biggest gripe in the 2022 season about the Eagles coaching in the regular season, which there weren't many gripes with. I mean, they had a great year. Um, and I would guess this was Sirianni – more than Steichen, but I don't know. Um, if you remember, when Gardner Minshew got in there for those two games, you and I had a major issue that they ran the same offense with Gardner Minshew as Jalen Hurts. And it's like, well, hold on a second here. Why are you doing that? You're telling me in the seven days leading up to the game and 14 days for the second game, you can't adapt and run some different plays when you have a completely different quarterback? So there did seem to be, even then, a lack of adaptation from the head coach and, you know, look, we've been through it a million times. Defense has made, adju- made adjustments this year. By the way, it also was compounded by the fact that Jalen was clearly less effective as a runner, both less willing to run probably by design from the coaching staff telling him. But ultimately, you could tell the knee was bothering him. I think he's diminished as an athlete, but who knows? We'll see in the future. But the, bo- but, the, but the bottom line is we all know he was less effective as a runner. By the way, I also what think – What about teaching these players? Like, Nick prides himself as a teacher, correct? Like, correct. this is this – is, the, the, the part that just continues to puzzle me so much is when these players are out there and they're confused and they need help, they need guidance, isn't that what he's supposed to be yes, doing? Like that's right. Showing them the proper path, teaching them the right way to do this. John, can I tell you something? In high, in high school, 10th grade, I had a teacher. It was the second teacher in my life that made me do this. I was so disorganized as a kid. My school bag was such a disaster. I had a teacher on a daily basis that would make me bring my school bag to her and show her the insides of my school bag so she could see structure instead of, like, a thousand pieces of paper all just, like, all willy-nilly. Like, her point was, yo, DeCameron, it's time for you to get How organized. How old were you? Uh, 16, probably. Oh, wow. Yeah. 16? Yeah, That's shocking because you pretty teachers, organized now. Very. And I like, changed. Very, very, like you have your notebook, you Correct. have your notepad. That's a real very slap in the laid face, out. though. But, but here's my point. You po- can drive, no, but, and your teacher's forcing you to come up and show no. her your backpack. But to, De- but to Devin's point, I became organized. She made me become yeah. organized. Did you like, ever tell her? Um, I don't know. I'm do you, not. You should I'm not track sure. Her down. She has since passed away. Oh. Um, did I tell her? I don't know. I'm not quite sure. But we had a good relationship. I mean, after a difference our, in your life, she did. Man. No, I agree with you on that. Yeah. And and to your point about Sirianni, it's like, yo, drill down and coach. And as Seth said earlier, Seth said, what's what's going on out there? I want to try to quote this accurately. He said, is either being coached or being tolerated. I think is what he said, and something like that. So yes. there's good. There's there's a good. I thought that was a great statement. Yeah. Let's also get to something Lane Johnson said because I think this has to come into focus as well when you talk about. Meetings are going to happen after this season. Um, this is the kind of thing I want Lane Johnson to say to Howie and Sirianni um, about his perception of the team, how it was coached, but also how players played and behaved. Because I think what Lane Johnson is basically getting at here is that he believes some of his teammates across the – he references the offensive line, but I, initially I thought he was talking about his offensive lineman. I don't think he is. He's saying he's told his offensive lineman before, hey, make sure you're, like, you're a pro. He's, I think what he's saying is the rest of the team – they, they didn't handle adversity like pros, and they didn't. Some of them certainly didn't. Listen to what Lane Johnson said Monday night after the game. This was fascinating. There's, there's definitely times, I mean, even when you look out the course of the season, um, you know, what would I tell my guys? The, the O-line, um, you know, no matter what the scoreboard is, you play, um, you know, no, no slapping, no clapping your hands, no sulking after bad plays. You go up, you go up to the line of scrimmage like nothing happen like a robot and uh yeah i mean i think something that's uh, needs to be addressed you know think far as concerning next season you don't want to give your opponents anything i mean they see that on film it, it, you know um sulking bad body all this stuff you, know, you can't give your opponents anything and i agree with him john who's he talking about i mean for sure aj mm-hmm. probably jalen mm-hmm. perhaps some guys on defense you know, I mean, it was a horrible string of body language the last couple of weeks. I Maybe mean, his head coach. Absolutely. Definitely the head yeah. coach. That's a great point, James. <laughs> I mean, Sirianni, I will say, did, you know, say that he tried to change after that interaction in the Giants game and he's screaming at, you know, half the sideline with a minute to go in the game. 
But I mean, that was deep in the year. I mean, it's like, come on, man. I mean, if you want, you want people to handle their business and look, I'll tell you this. I think Sirianni was very, and I know it doesn't get called much. I will say this, a 15 yard. I don't even know what it's called. I don't know if it's unsportsmanlike conduct. I don't know what it is against a coach. Um, it is very rare that it gets called, but I thought he got very lucky this year a couple times to not get it called on him when he was going after refs. I mean, he would berate referees to the point where I'm like, dude, you're about to get a 15-yarder. You really are, and he's lucky he didn't. But um, it just it was a, it was a debacle in decorum on a lot of guys, and and then of course you know some of the nonsense. I mean, some of the Darius Slate stuff wasn't on the field, but it was off the field. I really do wonder. I really wonder. To what extent, two of their better players, A.J. Brown, who I think is the Eagles' best player, and Darius Slay, who I think is probably one of their, you know, five or six best players, to what extent they might not be here because Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman look at him and say, I just don't want that around that. Like, adversity is going to hit. And when it does, you don't want guys that go sideways on you. And I thought both those guys went sideways on the Eagles. All right, one more call then, Ross. But would they have gone sideways if they had better – leadership well i mean you, you, ho- you hope not direction. you hope not john for sure yeah. but my point is sometimes diversity is because of bad leadership yes and the whole thing about being a foxhole guy is like be a foxhole guy i know and darius slay was not a foxhole guy <laughs> i mean my god uh-huh. all right paul and it and- felt like he has not been in previously oh. in, at previous stops not a foxhole guy. totally all right paul in downingtown hi paul hey good morning guys hey paul so um if you're just looking at uh you know like quarterback and coach I kind of look at it like me outside looking in. Look at what Steichen did with Minshew over the final, you know, month and a half of the season. And you kind of look what our coach did with Hurts. And that pretty much answers that question for me. I mean, it, to me, it's it's the coach between those two. But, you know, if, if I can expand it a little bit, um, there's one guy whose fingerprints are on both of them. Um, you know, and, and I don't think Howie should go, you know, blameless here uh, by any stretch no, of the imagination. No, you're right. You're right. Um, you know, there's there's one guy who hired a coach with no NFL experience. There's uh, one guy who paid an unproven quarterback, all world, all pro kind of money, and then made the same mistake again by doing it with Jalen Hurts. Well, that's you know? where Lurie might be most mad at, at Howie. It's like, yeah. dude, this first off is my money. Second off, it's the future of my franchise. And this is two times now in – I think it's four years, I believe, that a quarterback after year three got about as big a deal as has previously existed in the whole league, just about. It's like, come on, man. That's, that, yeah. that, I, that would tick me off if I'm Lori. Because you also yeah. know it'll set you back at least two years if you have to change the quarterback. Because you're never going to win in year one with the new quarterback. And it's just it's a disaster. And some other Unless you're C.J. Stroud. Yeah, but they're not going to win it all. I'm joking. You I'm know what joking. I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. And some other, like, Howie issues that, that I believe to be Howie issues that impact the future of the franchises. You know, who ignores the uh, up-the-middle uh, section of the defense by, by devaluing linebackers and safeties, consequently leading to mistakes like paying James Bradbury his, his, his most recent contract? But, but ultimately, there's a fundamental lack of, of, of young talent and young development and a history of poor drafting on this franchise. And that's going to land squarely on somebody's head. The, the cupboard on this defense is barren. You know, I mean, it might as well be the the, the Phillies uh, farm system X number of years ago where there was just nothing. <laughs> it is straight garbage. It's a dumpster fire. And, you know, I mean, whose idea was it to just grab guys from Georgia because they're so-called championship caliber? But let's, you know, let's let's weigh whether or not they're NFL caliber and whether or not they fit us. Well, they fit I, a, Paul, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this. It does look like those 30 teams, I believe, that passed on Nolan Smith and yeah. again, I'm not 29, ready. I'm 29 not, or 28, I guess, if you hunt the I thought he was Eagles the 31st pick. He's the 30th pick. Okay, well, 29 teams pass on. Um, look, I'm not ready to write them off, but I will tell you, it's uh, it's not looking good, and it looks like those teams were on to something. It also looks like the two and a half rounds of teams in 2022 that passed on N'Kobe Dean knew what they were doing. I mean, N'Kobe <laughs> Dean just, I know he got hurt, but come on, before he got hurt, he's he's not a... He's not a – forget impact player. He's, he's not an average player. He's just not. No, and, and I get, like, IQ-wise, I may as well have been dropped on my head compared to Howie, and he's great with contracts and stuff like that. But he's got to get a handle on this uh, or just got to act because you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And th- there, there is a history here with Howie and, and talent evaluation that really speaks poorly, and, and it does his franchise – 
you know, bad. And, and now here we are with bare coverage on defense. I know. And, Listen, Paul, you're, you're not wrong. But, so did I sense that he was suggesting that Howie might be going somewhere? Well, he ain't going anywhere. Was no. he suggesting he should be? Maybe. We'll, we'll listen. We'll, but we'll that's say. that's not. I'm not calling for that. Yeah. Certainly not. That, 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 and that's not in the cards. Yeah. It's not a, anytime not a, soon. I think no. out of everyone listed, Howie's probably the least to blame. I agree. In my opinion. I agree like, with he, that. he had no idea James Bradbury was going to forget how to play football. But he's, but, well, but while he's the least Bradbury. to blame of those yeah. three, he, he carries some, but no, I he don't carries it fireworthy. No, it's not fireworthy, but, you know, he, he believed in old corner. Listen, full disclosure, so did I. In the offseason, my priority, you know, that I laid out for the team was keep these two corners. I was wrong. Howie was wrong. I mean, I admit it. I Howie's was end result was not very good this year, but the job that he did was not problematic. You know, like yeah. he did he 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 did a lot of the right things. We well, think the players let him down more than solid. the players let more than he let them down. I think the players think let so. a lot of people down. I think the coaches let a lot of people down. Yeah. Like Nicholas, I think, I think Nicholas Murrow didn't let. and players yeah. let Howie down yeah. this season. M- Murrow didn't degree. let anybody down. Like, the, he's just a ham and agger that just got signed. You know, but it's like the Josh. Yeah, he still did. Who let him down? Good. No, but he's not supposed to be good. Who let him down on defense? Yeah, he is supposed to be no, good. He's, he's a professional. No, he's not. No, John, knock it off. He's a pro the guys, player, No, he's, a, he's supposed he's to be. He's a backup. The guys that let him down were Josh Sweat. Jordan Davis, James Bradbury, Jalen Carter at the end of the year, Moreau James Bradbury was a starter last year too because the guy got injured. Darius Slay let him down, and if you want to count Byard as a veteran, maybe, but I think the guy's just cooked. Moreau was supposed to be a starter; he right. wasn't good enough. It, that was a failure in evaluation by the the front office. Certainly, it, we we failed on at every level yeah. on that defense evaluating, and that is a trend. Like I know we're good yeah. at offensive line and defensive line, but All right, let's welcome in our uh, next guest. He's uh, given us uh, remarkable work all through the football season. My guess is this Eagles conversation is going to roll on for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And our guy, Ross Tucker, is with us right now. Good morning, Ross. Morning, guys. How are you? Man, oh, man. Ooh. Buckle up, Ross. Buckle up. Now, you know what? I've been listening for like 15 minutes. It's been a very, very good high-level conversation. I'm actually enjoying it. Thanks, pal. I appreciate that. So, Ross, where to go from here? I mean, what happened? Where to go from here? How to climb out of it? Let's start with the here and now. Um, what do you think's rattling around Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Rosen's minds right now? I think they're real curious to hear what Nick Sirianni is going to say to them today. Uh, evidently, they're meeting today to go over things. You know, I keep going through this in my head over and over again, right? So question one will be what happened. Like, how did this happen? And I guess the one thing I keep coming back to there, guys, is if Sirianni knew what happened, it wouldn't have happened, right? Yes. So that that that's problematic for me. Unless he feels unless he feels and articulates to the owner and the general manager that this quarterback just isn't someone once defense has made adjustments that he can have the counterpunch. He mean being hurts. I mean, see, this could be one of those no, I'm just, I'm just telling you, there is a case well, that there will what? be serious the, finger-pointing, Ross. Like, if they interview Hurts and interview Sirianni and say, who do you think is mo- most responsible, you or the other guy, both of them are probably going to say the other Joe, guy. No, you're not, you're not, you're not. Uh, he, Sirianni can't say that. With the contract they just gave to Hurts, that'd be, that, that'd be like Sirianni firing himself well, if he says the I, issue is Hurts. Well, He's not going to say that. He can't say that. It's, Nick, if you're listening, don't say that. Um, but wouldn't way, you, agree, like, but wouldn't you like agree Sirian- Doug probably said that to Jeffrey Lurie and, and Howie? I mean, maybe a guy – I hear you. I hear you. It's a bad message to say to Power because they're going to say, well, it's your job to fix it. You didn't. You're out. I hear you, Ross. But I am just saying it is possible Sirianni thinks it, believes yeah, so, it. So, so the first – so, number one, it's like when, when they ask him what happened, I, I, um, I, I really am curious to hear what he says. And then question two is how are you going to fix it? And that's another one where it's like, well, if he had a really good idea for how to fix it, he would have fixed it a month ago. Ross, did so, the wheels fall off at some point, or was it never really good enough the, this whole season? Well, I don't think they were as good as we thought they were when they were 10-1. and one. Right. Um, But here's the thing, guys. 
and I like Nick Sirianni personally, and I do think he's a good coach, but they objectively, over the last month and a half, whatever it was, they are a poorly coached football team. Indeed. They, they do not have an answer for when teams blitz them, which is unbelievably unacceptable yeah. in professional football. And then defensively, I've just never seen teams be able to go through a team that has, I think, a decent amount of talent that easily. Like, guys running into each other, and I know they had some moving parts on the back end or whatever, but, I mean, the Bucks scored nine points against the Carolina Panthers the week before. They couldn't – they got run off the field yeah. by the Saints two weeks earlier. It's just – Really, really bad. And then when you think about, like, let's let's imagine what Sirianni says to them. Let's say he says to them that, listen, I, we need a new D coordinator. I know that, guys. And we need a new offensive coordinator. Well, because I've been listening to what you guys are talking about, about Vrabel and Belichick, and then even, like, what it means for the coordinators. Here's something I've been thinking about. If you're a coordinator, how attractive is the Eagles' job? Because you'd be going to a situation where the head coach is clearly on the hot seat, right? So let's say they let's say that Sirianni does a good job convincing Laurie and Roseman that he should be back, and they retain him, which I I'd be okay with. Whatever. What kind of what kind of coordinators are they, they going to get? Because you're going somewhere. I guess the upside is that if it goes really well and you get them back to Super Bowl caliber, then maybe you can be a head coach somewhere else. But a lot of times those guys, they don't want to go somewhere where the head coach is on the hot seat, and if things don't get turned around, then the head coach gets fired, and then those guys are out of work. Listen, it's an interesting point, Ross. I mean, I, I, you're bringing up a lot of good points here. I don't know. Is Nick Sirianni the proper coach to develop Jalen Hurts or any quarterback uh, into a, you know, a modern QB? Well, so that, if I were Sirianni, that would be my pitch. My, my pitch would be, I'm going to go get a big-time D coordinator, and offensively, I'm going to start calling the plays. I don't know if Roseman and Lurie will go for that. Right. And, and here's but, the, but, yeah, but, does that sound appealing but, 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 in any way? But, Joe, Joe, they're smart enough to always think a couple steps ahead. Sure. So let's say they let Sirianni hire the OC. Well, if it goes really well, well, then that guy might Steichen, and he might go yeah. become a head coach somewhere well, of else. Of course. And you're right back to where you were. If it goes poorly, well, then Sirianni's fired. So I think potentially his best bet, and I don't know that they want this, but his best bet might, to be, might be to say, you know what, a couple years ago that first year, it was only my first year, things weren't going well, I gave the play calling to Steichen, but now that I got the game management stuff down, now that I'm three years in, let me go back to why you guys hired me in the yeah, first but, place. But, Ross, here's my argument against that, twofold. One, Sirianni told us last week on the show that he's been calling some plays. He didn't articulate what percentage, but he admitted he's been calling some plays. Two, this is me personally. I don't care as much about play calling. I care about play design, and we know Sirianni already had his hands all over the offense from a play design standpoint. I mean, you know, mo- it's pathetic. Monday through Saturday, it's probably the main thing he's doing, designing plays and figuring out which plays they should take for that game on Sunday to the, to the, to the Sunday package. And if he's being so, evaluated as a coach, as a designer of plays, as an offensive mind based on what they put out there this year, he's not going to be hired again. Like, he's not going to have an offensive coordinator job, assuming he doesn't have a job here. It doesn't look good. I'll say that. By the way, I want to get to something else here, Ross, and we're going to get back to the calls. A lot of, lot of stuff going on, so bear with me here. Because for, First of all, let me say this. Sirianni, not a guest on our show today. Uh, he typically would join us two days after the prior game. Usually it would be on Tuesdays, 840. Sometimes after Monday night game, it would be Wednesdays at 840. That would, for instance, be today. He's obviously not with us today. Understood. I mean, he doesn't even know if he's going to have a job, not going to have a job, got to meet with the owner. Totally get it. So no Sirianni today. We 
hope to have the opportunity to talk to him at some point, but we'll see. We also know there's a chance he might get fired later today, and we never talk to him ever again. So who knows? But just know, FYI, no Sirianni with us today. Um, all right, let's get to some audio here. James, we have this audio of Jason Kelsey? Okay, we do. So Kelsey spoke a short time ago about, and I have not heard this, but James has this audio uh, related to, like, is he retiring? Is he not retiring? Let's, it's on his podcast, the New Heights podcast. Let's rock and roll here and listen to what Jason Kelsey just said. I didn't announce what I was doing on purpose, um, despite, I guess, what's been leaked to the media. Yeah. But, you know, I think there's a lot of, you know, people can kind of feel body language and stuff. You know, you, I just don't think you're in a position after a game like that to really, you know, make that decision. I just don't. There's too much emotion in the moment. There's too much going down in the moment to really fully grasp that decision. I'm not trying to be dramatic and continue to draw this thing out. I'm really not. Yeah. It's just something that I think, uh, you know, when it's time to officially announce, you know, what's happening in the future, uh, it'll be done in a, in, in a way that's, you know, definitive and, and pays respect to a lot of people and uh, individuals that have meant a lot to me and, uh, you know, what, um, uh, you know, has led to, the career I've had. And, um, you know, I don't think that it would be, uh, respectful or even accurate, uh, to be able to do that right after a game like that. Wow. All right. It's Kelsey. Sure. So here's the deal. One of two things is going on. I don't know which it is. It's one of two things, either choice a, he truly doesn't know if he's going to retire yet or not. And is deliberating. And, and, and he's in that zone, which is what he told us previously he would be in after the game um, and doesn't know, which is possible. Or choice B, he knows he's going to retire, but he's and this is similar to the Tom Brady thing, I think, yeah. a year or two ago. He's ticked off that Adam Schefter reported what he wanted to put out there himself first, and he doesn't want it to be on Adam Schefter's timeline. It is kind of messed he up. He wants it to be on, mm. well. Like, the, the, like Schefter. It's complicated. It is. Complicated. I wish it didn't go like this. Well, no one's enjoying this now because now you feel like I'll, I'll give you an analogy. Now anal- it got messy. Now it got. Let me give you an analogy. So, he, I don't feel like Jan- Jason deserves this. John, remember, uh, remember, I've, I've told you before. I'm named after the nun, uh, Sister Mary Gerald. So my yeah. mi- my Ross, my middle name is Gerald Joseph Gerald DeCamera. Middle name Gerald after my mom's first grade teacher, who happened to be one of my grandma's you best look friends like a back Gerald. in the day. Well, sure, I'm a Gerald. But here's but here's the here's the deal. You're a G. When when Gerald when Gerald no. sister when Sister Mary Gerald here's what happened with Sister Mary Gerald. We get a call. This is like 30 years ago. We get a call that she died. Okay, me and my mom we cry, we cry, we cry. Sister Mary Gerald has died. They it's called. Sad. Wow. We they get called your house. We get a call because you know, we were close as a family friend. Yeah. Okay, she died. I get a call the next day from my aunt who's also a nun. Sister Mary Gerald did not die. When it went down the chain of command, none told none told none told none. Oh, My aunt no. told the family the wrong name had been passed down the chain. She is risen. That's inexcusable. Sister Mary Gerald is wow. alive. The death wow. declaration okay. of the nun. You ready for this? The next day, day three, my aunt calls me. Sister Mary Gerald no. Sister died. Mary Gerald just died. <laughs> no. Yes. Oh, no. Yes. And did you go? Yes. That's a true story. You, don't, you can't get me on that one. <laughs> so that we didn't cry. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, so oh, the Kelsey man. thing just feels all jammed up. Like, yeah. so yeah. now as a fan, you feel an emotional, right. like, I don't even know how to react. Yes. I don't know what to do. It, well, it Joe, can I say improper. something? Please do. So here's what I think is interesting about that one, right? I'm sure you could see he was emotional on the sideline. Right. And I'm sure he indicated to some teammates what he was thinking about. And just hearing him talk there, he said, you know, when I do do it, I want to thank everybody. Like, I'm pretty confident he's done. Right? I tend to agree. Right. I, I'm, I'd be shocked if he's not at this point. I wouldn't be, sh- I wouldn't be shocked. I'd I be would. surprised. I would. The, the Schefter report and then the way Kelsey just described that on his show. Yeah. What I think is interesting about it is how the information got to Schefter. I, Ross, I agree with you a million percent. Lack of trust. In the locker room, if you told five people or 50 people and told them, guys, I don't want you to tell anybody. And if I know where you're going, Ross, somebody in that locker room told somebody when they probably weren't supposed to. Well, and it's interesting because the report was 
Kelsey told players that he's retiring. So does that mean a player told Schefter? Does that mean a player's agent told Schefter? Yeah. Does that mean somebody else in the organization? That's what I was thinking. Told Schefter because then the next day a lot of the focus becomes Kelsey retiring when mm. Schefter posts that as opposed to Eagles collapse. Ross, that was my exact thought. So like exact the longer thought. I've been involved wow. in this, the more I think about things like that and how these guys get the information that they get. Typically it's because someone wants them to have that information and who would want that. And, and by the way, I don't know, you know, you could tell me it was uh, a coach. You could tell me it was Howie or Lori or whoever, but like if I'm the Eagles organization, I would rather have yesterday yep. on WIP and on social media be about how great Kelsey is and how unbelievable all-time Eagle. If you look at yesterday's social media, it was more about Jason Kelsey than it was the Eagles' epic collapse. Fascinating, so, Ross. Really, just is. something, just something I, I, I always am curious about. And listen, maybe it was a player. You know, maybe yeah. it was a player that told his agent, and the agent wants to curry favor with Schefter, and because that happens a lot, right? Like a, a player tells his agent. The agent doesn't care about the team. The agent wants Chef to do a favor for him at some point. So he goes, hey, Adam, just so you know, uh, Kelsey told my guy, was telling guys he's retiring. Kel uh, Schefter tweets that, and now Schefter owes that agent a, a favor. Listen, mm -hmm. you could be onto it, Ross. You could. Well, and on the other hand of, of side of things, I thought that they were using, they were kind of giving Jason Kelsey that day to – to control the news cycle rather than announcing a firing of any coach. Because I assume, I mean, I feel like the logical thing to do is to fire Sirianni or any of the coaches or all the coaching staff. Well, if they are, I don't like it because I still got Belichick interviewing elsewhere. But it gave them that grace period because it's, uh, oh, we're giving Kelsey his moment to kind of relish in all the tributes that he's getting. I Look, I J don't know. James, James name, name the historical example. This is... Stacey Andrews Day. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> After Brian Dawkins left and the Eagles signed Stacey Andrews, Andy Reid's like, yeah, I'm not answering questions about Brian Dawkins. This is Stacey Who's Andrews an Day. all-timer. <laughs> all Seriously? Yeah, the day after the, oh, the first media availability after Dawk. Yeah. Andy would only answer questions about Stacey Andrews because, you know, what does Stacey is... Andrews think about the team getting rid of Doc? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just here to babysit my little brother.